Welcome to the Garden Path Podcast, life lessons and conversations from the garden. Hey guys, this is my second summer episode for 2018. I am sharing a summer garden tour that I took video of in at the end of June, and there's actually a, obviously a video companion on YouTube that I'll put a link of in the show notes if you want to see the visual effects of this instead of this, the audio effects. But I enjoyed doing the fall garden tour back in November of last year, and so I want to do a summer garden tour because it's a completely different different experience now. Um, a couple of notes. The first one is that when I start talking about a lycopodium fern, I really mean Seligonella fern. <laughs> my brain was fried, and my brain was fried on some other things, um, but they usually came to me <laughs> as I was talking. Second thing is that my video camera died midway through the tour, so I thought it picked up more of one bed and then it didn't, and recorded the other bed, and so it's a little bit of an odd thing. I, I'm talking about one plant, and then I kind of switched to another, so... Sorry about that, but that's just the way the way it crumbled. And if you guys enjoyed the episode, let me know because I'd like to do more of these um, coming up in the coming months on season four of the podcast. All right, enjoy the episode, guys. Hey, so I haven't done a garden tour in a long, long time. So I thought I would do one today. It's June 25th, 2018, and um, so let's go. Um, all right, hold on, clean the lens here. Doot, doot, doot. All right, better. We're gonna start on the side yard garden. What I'm showing you right now, now are the cypress tree nursery. <laughs> Chris had bought a bunch of cypress trees, I don't know, back in February because we had potentially we're going to be buying the lot across the street that's kind of up in the air at the moment and we were going to do a bunch of work on that yard and um, we were going to plant some cypress so now we have excess cypress trees I think we're going to use them still on our shoreline and on other uh, shoreline around the uh, pond here in the city park and things like that but I don't know about being used in the uh, lot like we had thought. Oop, hold on, clean the lens again. Oop, oop, oop. Okay. Um, there's two red buds down there and these are um, Curtigus and I'm, their names are escaping me at the moment. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have to come back to that one. Um, but on the potting bench, I've got, we've, we, Chris built this potting bench back in the spring and it looks so much better than the potting bench we had. That thing was falling apart and it was just all jacked up and this one's bigger <laughs> and can hold our pots better and now we can put more plants up here. And so on the left, we've got a bunch of different um, little tree saplings. A lot of this is... I think actually, you know, some of this is Tupelo and then some of this are native plums. This is a Mexican, uh, Mexican Bahania, um, orchid tree. And I've got a sassafras I dug up that was in the garden. There's a persimmon back there. And I dug this <laughs> sad hydrangea, it's an oak leaf hydrangea up. I dug it up just last night. It's been in our flower garden for like five years. 
six years, the first year or two, it looked great, and then the deer found it, and it has never been able to recover, and I was tired of it floundering, so I finally just dug it up, and I'm just going to see if it can grow in a pot for a while. Maybe I'll replant it eventually. It may just live in a pot forever. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we've got some uh, milkweed here. I've got this Eryngium aquaticum. Uh, it's like snake root. You're probably familiar with Eryngium yucafolium. Um, but I wanted to try this because it's for wetter locations and we have a very music to wet area here and I wanted to try it. I've tried Yucafolium and it does not, it's died. It doesn't stay around here. It's too wet. Back here are Chris's ant plants, a whole bunch of different kinds. <laughs> and he's even started some from seed way back there that you can see. And some more, I think this is Tupelo again. And most of this is milkweed, tropical milkweed cuttings. And this, I think, this is Roselle, but I know the seed, the tag's wrong. It's either Roselle or this Abel Motius uh, hibiscus. And I'm not sure which one it is because it just came up <laughs> randomly. I had some seeds that just didn't germinate, and um, I think it just took a while to germinate. And when I repotted something else in it, it came up. So we'll try it. This right here is Lobelia spicata. I've got four pots of it, five pots of it. Um, this was originally sown in this top left pot, so it was very tight and thick. And I started thinning them out to kind of let them have their own space. And these are my fall tomatoes. Um, they're all red Siberian. They're all the ones that did well. I had Glacier. I only had one germinate and then I think a snail came through and just like lopped it off. And so now I'm just only having red Siberian. My thoughts are fall tomatoes are really tricky in Texas. They tout that we can do fall tomatoes here, but it stays hot through October, November. So you're not really getting those blooms. But by the time you start cooling down to get the blooms for tomatoes, you get a cold front and then they just can't, it doesn't work. So my thoughts are maybe I can get red Siberian. They can handle cooler nights and cooler weather. Maybe I'll be able to pull something through in December with some fruits. So got them sown. They're gonna get big. I'll probably put them in the ground in July, late July after the tomatoes out there are done. And again, milkweed that is trying to come back. I had a milkweed beetle here a second ago. There, oh, I just knocked it off. It's right here. Boop. Let's see if I can dig it out for you. Well, now it's hiding right there. Anyway, they have been eating the milkweed like crazy, which is fine theoretically because they are milkweed beetles, but I use this for the monarchs and <laughs> my monarchs have been not going to have, uh, not going to have milkweed for them when they come back in August. So I'm just kind of a little perturbed about those guys this year. All right, now on to the garden. Uh, over here I've got the white Bergmanzia, uh, yeah, Bergmanzia on the corner. That's kind of like the statement piece, doing really well. And my Dutcheras have come back from seed as well. And this is, uh, I think it's Pseudoranthemum. It's called Chocolate Plant, and it's doing really well. It seeds everywhere in the garden. I just let it come up wherever it wants. On the left, the Butterfly Ginger is looking great. Kind of leaning over a little annoyingly, but some nice ferns in the bottom. More of that copy uh, chocolate plant down there. On this side, I've got some creeping thyme, and it's not, it's this whole area is usually covered in this creeping thyme, but it kind of got 
I don't know, set back this year. It doesn't look that great. And I'm trying to have some other things interplanted in here. Some Zizia Aria, which is this. I think it's called Golden Alexander. Uh, some Amsonia Illustris, a couple plants here. There's a Coreopsis uh, pubescens hiding in there. And then back in the back, just all of my Agastache. I've got Carolina Aurelia. And we tried some uh, Heucheras that are, you know, deer resistant. But um, <laughs> as you see, they deer have chowed that. So very frustrating to me. Um, Golden Lotus Banana is doing great. I thought it was not going to make it in the freezes this year, but it's come back. It looks great. And it's got the crazy Agastache mess behind it, which is fine. The pollinators love that. Back over there, I've got my cardamom back in the back. It has never flowered, so I've never had the cardamom to harvest, but maybe one day. We'll see. And fig trees have figs on them. They're doing really well. I'm excited. Usually the second week of July is when everything should be should be ripe, but we shall see. And under the fig tree, I still want to try to get this flushed out a little bit better next year. I'd hoped this year it would be the year, but it just hasn't proved to be um, getting more um, ferns in here. Ooh, there's a fern I could dig up that is rooting into the uh, walkway here. Got some ginger. Um, that's like the creeping ground ginger. And back over to the Agastache bed. Oh, we moved the Miracle Fruit pot into this bed a little while ago. It needs to go probably not in this spot. It's a little too shady. But seriously, Chris had put this in his man cave in the winter. And it's really kind of supposed to be drug out in the warmer days. Because it's not a plant that really can handle... It doesn't go into like hibernation like a couple uh, winter plants we have. Uh, the plumerias and the adansonia, uh, the baobab trees, they can handle just being shoved in the man cave with maybe some light sometimes um, or forgetful light and they don't really need the water but the miracle fruit did but I don't know. I, I drug all this stuff out about two months ago when it finally warmed up enough for them and I was like well let's see if it's alive and I scratched the wood and this thing was alive and Chris, and it looks, I mean, seriously, it looks dead mostly, right? It's like breaking off like pieces from the little tops there. But it's been re-sprouting. So that's exciting. It's all sprouting from the main, nope, there's, there's a little branch that's sprouting. But most of it's sprouting from the main trunk. So that was really, <laughs> I'm excited about that because I like Miracle Fruit. It's really cool. Um, if you're not familiar with Miracle Fruit, it has a little red, not a berry, but... I'm not sure what the actual fruit scientific term is, but if you eat something sour, like a lemon, and then eat the miracle fruit, it tastes like, it makes the lemon taste like candy. It's like super sweet. Awesome. It's really cool. In the back, I've got the um, Turk's Cap Hibiscus, which some caterpillar came through and went to town, but they'll bounce back as well as the deer have come through. And I've got a ton of different little seedlings of that coming up all over that probably need to transplant. And then taking up a lot of the space is, <laughs> competing space here is the Argentine Cinna, Cinna uh, corombosa. I need to do some more limb trimming over here underneath the figs so they're not too competing for light there. And then back in the back is a beauty berry. And 
underneath all of this is the Argentine Skies Salvia. And there's a couple blooms on it. It had kind of went through a big bloom phase and it kind of went into uh, not blooming phase. But there's a few blooms on here right now. And they're looking nice. Back over here on the left is the pine log that got <laughs> hollowed out, I don't know, probably five years ago now, but not too much going on except a, um, I think it's like a podium fern crawling everywhere. There's some Molothria pendula, a native like cucumberish type thing on the ground there. And then my giant Aristolochia fimbriata um, that I'm just kind of letting take over because it's creeping. It climbs up the fence a little bit, but mostly I don't mind that it creeps. I'm actually hoping the pipe vine cat swallowtails will come through and I can actually have some pipe vines. Uh, caterpillars but that's just not the case right there is a um, pepper um, capsicum annua um, and think of chili pecan that just like self-seeded there last year and my um, passiflora back here this is should be a little green fruiting one and I can't think of its name at the moment but it's doing well Almond verbena still needs to be whacked from the top from several freezes ago. We just have never hacked it down and trimmed it up and made it look good. And let's see, a back, backward shot of the side, uh, side yard garden is the banana trees, the flame acanthus, and then the beautyberry, like all like jumbled in there. <laughs> beautyberry could use a few limbs trimmed, I'm sure. You can see back in there, it's a little, uh, Okay, but nice little fruits. They'll be purple in a few months and the birds will love it. All right, now let's go into the main garden here. I've got the lemon balm. Probably could use a pruning and some tea drying. But the deer have kind of kept it pruned somewhat. Behind that, I've got some more passion vine and somewhere under there is a clematis. Uh, not Pitcheri, maybe Pitcheri. I can't think of which Clematis is it, it is. It's a native though. And then my Formosa lilies, which are not as tall as they have been in previous years. They're only maybe five and a half feet tall. They're usually like six or seven feet tall. They're a lot, a lot shorter this year. And they've also kind of got bent over in some windstorms and I need to stake them. So, ooh, over here, this is nice. The rain lilies. These are the Haberanthus robustus uh, pink uh, rain lilies and I've just let them seed all through here. This is an area I need to work. The oak leaf hydrangea was back here um, and it would be great with a nice oak leaf hydrangea back there but no such luck at the moment so kind of upset. Um, I am probably going to put some more agastache back here. It's been coming up in the edible garden and I might just kind of figure have something in here for a while would be nice. Um, we've got right here, black and blue salvia um, with some lemon, uh, uh, bee balm on the bottom. The bee balm usually goes kind of crazy. Um, hasn't really done that this year. And I had a, some flocks that I got from my mom. Oh, there's a couple back there and I may, might need to move it to its sunnier location. But it used to have a nice patch of that in here and it's kind of faded out. 
So we'll just finish this bed here and then I'll move back to the other bed. The variegated Brugmansia is doing great underneath there. Um, I've actually managed to have some of the um, Lizard's Tail Saurus Serenus chilling out and um, the deer have evaded some of, evaded some of the, or that has evaded the deer rather should I say. And I was trying, before I went on vacation, I was trying to get this to grow really well. I think that is actually was the Abel Motius. Um, and I'm surprised it came back over the years, but it was doing okay. And then right behind there is some more um, butterfly weed that I'm trying to get established. It's just like a, a territory I'm just like struggling with right here. And then back here, this was our nice tropical milkweed patch, one of them. And again, just been hit hard by those milkweed beetles this year and has struggled like a lot of the plants came up and then they, they just died because they got eaten too much by the milkweed beetles. And, um, but there's regrowth, regrowth coming up. Got my uh, Baptisia and I've got passion vine coming in like crazy. Oh, it's excited back here is my, my single poke milkweed. And I would like, actually, ideally, my goal is to have a whole bunch of air poke milkweed back here because it's a shady area and it's a shady milkweed. And I am glad this year that the passion vine is finally coming back to take over the fence. Finally, it was like this a couple years ago. We had to cut it back when, as you see, the fence got knocked down by a tree limb in a storm and we just... Chris hasn't been able to fix this fence because he can't find the square um, piece at the top. It's metal. Um, you know, most of the fences, the chain link fences have a bar at the top, a round bar, but these have square and that's not exactly common anymore. So problematic. Um, my Mexican bush salvia back over here. And then my giant patch. Oh, of um, false nettle which yay this year I had red admirals using and I've seen them back here again recently um, Ooh, there's a gulf fritillary and I'll hopefully show you her when I get back over there um, anyway oh this I'm also trying to get growing I've had planted a bunch of these this is um, compass plant yeah nope that's a different one different tag there and I had planted a bunch back here and I only have like one or two still living because the deer knocked them over and something's been digging around as you can kind of see in here. Um, I think we've got armadillos again and possums come in here too so things get like jostled around it's very frustrating. <laughs> so dealing with that and then I had planted a bunch of asters back here and the deer chowed them and it's just been very frustrating to get some stuff established. I really tried to fill things out this year, but I felt like it was one step forward and like two steps back or three steps back constantly because of the deer. So there's one aster still there. And then I, I moved some coral nymph salvia over here because they're a, oh, hey, passion vine flowers are starting. I'm excited about that. Very nice. So that's good. We'll be having some flowers soon. Um, and this, I moved this albutalon um, back over here, I don't know, several months ago, but in hopes it would be a nice filler 
over here, but it keeps again the freaking deer driving me nuts. And let's finish this bed out. I've got more foxgloves, which I have some more seeds of. I just need to throw some more out for next year. And some blue salvia hiding in there with some pony foot weed. This is a weed that came up, but I'm just letting it grow because I want to figure out what it is. Don't know what it is. And foxglove. And oh, I'm excited about the common milkweed. I started these. This is probably my most robust plant. Um, I've had to keep the beetles off these too because I really want to establish this in the garden for next year. I don't think they'll be maybe maybe this one I can grab a couple leaves off for uh, milk for the monarchs, but primarily that'll be next year's plants. And my Lauren's uh, nope, not Lauren's grape. Uh, Wendy's wish salvia is doing really well. And another shot. Oh, and my really nice patch of. Um, this is always a nice patch of creeping thyme. It's just great little <laughs> ground cover. It's so pretty. And I've got a soapwort that I'm trying to get established. I'd really like to get it to be a kind of a patch in here, you know, go from thyme to soapwort. And some more Coryopsis pubescens hiding in there. And Salvia coral nymph. Kind of a nice view of that garden. I'm trying. I feel like it's just a struggle to get fullness in some of these gardens. Um, it's just a matter of trying to figure out what the deer won't shell. And I thinned out the nettle, you can see here. And as I was thin thinning the nettle out, I found um, another of the uh, chili pecan peppers. So it's probably a good thing to thin out. All right, let's move to the other side of this bed. I've got some African blue basil. The, the bees usually love this a lot. And I enjoy having the bees all over that and making it wild. And the Madalia, um, it comes up naturally. And I just kind of let this little vine go wherever it wants. Although I probably need to move it off the, this Coryopsis pubescens a little bit. And some more Coryopsis pubescens. And back there I've got some Silene uh, stellata, I think, but um, it's the Texas endemic one, and I can't think of the name of it right now. The mass of Mexico, no, um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting things at the moment. I'll come back to that. <laughs> um, oh, and more common milkweed. And I'm trying to get other milkweed established in here, so I planted some of my pots in here and I had a variegated again stupid beetles kind of just devour stuff this is a Asclepius speciosa I'm trying to diversify oh and this is the mountain mint all of the mountain mint is looking really really fantastic you can forget mountain mint this is uh, Texas mountain mint it's a little bit of a um, it's like all the mints it gets a little aggressive but it makes a nice it's been a nice underplanting of this amorpha fruticosa and all the pollinators love it. See, there's a couple of pollinators over here, as you see right now. If I can get closer, there's a little, little skipper butterfly. There's a bumblebee, there was a wasp. Um, there's a whole bunch of different stuff that uses that mint. It's extremely beneficial native plant. I love it. Underneath that, I've got, um, oh goodness, I'm forgetting all sorts of words tonight. 
Okay, well, we're gonna go into Kushiana for now because I can know that one. <laughs> and I've got some flocks over here. Um, Achillea, Achillea, and I have a real name for that. Common name, but it's out my out my brain at the moment. This is new, this blue, um, it's called Blue Stars, Aristia Eclonii, and it's a little iris, and I see more beads I need to pull. My, um, oh, yarrow, that's the word, yarrow. <laughs> and I've got tansy. It has tried to bloom a couple times, and the deer have come by and lopped it off. Stinking deer. And some more rain lilies. There were some daffodils in here. Oh, and I'm excited about my salvia azuria blue sage. I had thrown a bunch of seeds out. There's a couple plants you see there. I had thrown a bunch of seeds out and I wasn't sure what this was forever, but I was like, well, I know it threw seeds out. Let's wait and see what it's gonna be. And it started blooming and I'm so excited. So I hope it reseeds well. I've got some more common milkweed right next to it. And this is, I'm pretty sure this is green uh, milkweed. Uh, I collected some random seeds I saw when I was hiking once and it was, you know, the plant itself was dyed back but it had the seed pods. So I was like, well, I will stratify it and grow it and see what happens. Lantana, it's also very pollinator friendly. Okay, so that last video cut out because <laughs> the, the uh, battery died. So as I was saying, this is a nice red salvia. I don't have the tag for that, um, but it was blooming really nicely about a month ago. Got a spot of uh, some sedge mixed in with my blue-eyed grass. Uh, it's very hard to keep that uh, inter, not intermingling, but I'll try to do my best. And yeah, my nice, nice, nice. I love my salvia. Salvia, my favorite. Oh. That's nice. Looks like that's supposed to be coccinia, but it's got a like magenta color instead of red. I wonder if that's just old flowers. Kind of interesting. And then this area we redid um, just about two months ago. I ripped out a bunch of iris that I planted here when we moved in. They were just looking, didn't look cohesive anymore. And we put in wind, uh, not Wendy's wish. Um, I have to get back to you on that one. Uh, Ember's Wish Salvia in here. And they've, they've grown really well. Four small little quarter, four inch pots. And um, this is what they've come into. So I want that to be just a nice big bush area of that salvia. And try to get something filling out in this area, which we're having problems with. I get a lot of, of there's some passion vine. There was a bunch of passion vine right in here and, and I usually kind of leave it but because Chris picked up some of these containers this is um, snake herb um, which has already been eaten by the deer um, actually we had a we had some of this and it was devoured by the deer and I didn't tell him that's what happened and he bought more I don't think he realized it so we have more that are probably gonna eat my deer so um, I'm going to plant that right in here, see what it can do. And then I've got another salvia, uh, Sinaloensis, right back there. I would like it to fill, but fill in as an understory to this parsley hawthorn that's leaning badly. It needs to be staked back up. 
it was straight but we had some windstorms and it shifted it so it needs some help and um yeah anyway this is a blanket flower gallardia the chris got and looks like the deer have also tried to come in here this is also another plant let's see what it is it's really pretty it's called velvet leaf honeysuckle uh diclyptra suborecta um and the deer have also tried to eat it i think they were testing it out and oh, this is getting a little excited here um and over here we've got a rutabecchia maxima and some more of that blue salvia foxgloves and then i've got more amsonia illustris in here that i am trying to i would like to have a nice little colony of it and i've got more seeds in my fridge that i need to um sow here in a couple weeks after they're done with their cold stratification and i've got these like little these are let's see blue violet improved um verbenas but they're like look they're like nothing they're just kind of crap um there's some more right there i i just don't know why we buy stupid little annuals like this i can't stand i don't know i think maybe this one was here from last year but they look at crap and they don't do anything and i just i don't know i really just don't like annuals <laughs> anymore unless they're really good at reseeding themselves uh, they just they don't do very good in my garden um, and in general I'm not very fond of them so let me go back here because I see some messed up stuff from deer um, well deer or something rooting around this is all um, pine lily not pine lily um, gosh it's not a lily um, it's an iris something like that um, it's not gosh I can't remember anything right now how is that always the case um, nice little pr pretty purple flowers and more weeds to pull here <sighs> annoying so I like this little section right here I need to get in and get I've got some ajuga hiding back in there variegated and the purple ajuga is doing great and I have this other variegated ajuga that's kind of trying to colonize this one area I like to have some nice little ground covers in here just to keep the weeds down a little bit so I'm trying and the giant um, pineapple salvia it always mounds like this get out of here and it, it'll start blooming in August maybe right when the hummingbirds kind of come and the hummingbirds love it and yeah it, it'll die back to nothing and I, I I'll pull and prune up all the runners because it'll root it root, air roots from um, the stems so that's why it's like a giant clump <laughs> and I kind of try to trim it up get it maintained and then it always just turns into this giant ball of plant which is fine it's fine um, there's some other plants under here um, hiding I've got some other rutabecchia um, way under there that I need to see if I can move out and there's one right there but the deer the deer chomp it and some stickies uh, there's a little couple flowers um, Texas uh, stickies and more weeds 
thought this area had been kind of weeded, but apparently I missed some. So, I guess I need to come back through and, oh, here's a little snail. I do have to battle these little guys. Um, they've actually been really great in the edible garden right now because they've been chowing on the strawberries that have fallen, strawberries, tomatoes that have fallen. They ate my strawberries outright. Um, as they were growing, so they kind of pissed me off earlier, but they're okay now because they're just kind of like taking care of that garden debris. So I'd say the garden looks pretty good for right now. I need to get these plants in the ground, which I was gonna do shortly. And um, my goal really is just to kind of be in maintenance mode for the rest of the summer, just pull weeds here and there, fix things as needed. Um, and we need to get, I've been working on getting the garden path kind of weeded again and I would like to get some more decomposed granite in here because this stuff's about coming up on four years old. Um, we replaced it and fixed it up I think tw once or twice after we initially put it in. But you know, after I had my son we just kind of like, <laughs> it kind of got put on the back burner. And um, I'm just tired of how much weeds are coming up in it and I would like to do something about that so maybe get some more decomposed granite in here get another layer of weed suppression in for a while and hope that helps so I think it looks pretty good could be fuller could be better but it looks pretty good for summer of 2018 all right thanks